Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, one of the unexpected things that people never that, that people don't think about about how hard it is to do a podcast. It's very hard for me not to cut the cigar till we're on there. Yeah, I was actually just having that same internal fight myself. Yeah, I just reached for my cigar and immediately I picked up my cutter. Wait, stop! Got to intro the show first. Got to get it. And how many times have you seen me tackle a guest, come flying across the room and tackle a guest? Stop! Wait, no. 1980s action style. Everything gets in slow motion. I'm reaching, trying to get the cutter out of his hand. No. You know, so how many times has that happened? Is it-, it is funny because that's part of the, you know, part of cigars is ritual, right? So I take it out of the cellophane. I grab my cut. Like, that's just part of the thing. So it, it definitely, for us in the show, creates a little bit of a block in that. Yeah, it, 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 it is ritual. And that's part of what I enjoy about cigars. I enjoy the ritual of the cut and the light and the smell and that first taste. Right. All the wonderful parts that come with enjoying a, a work of art yeah absolutely all right so you want to tell what you're smoking first yeah. um i'm gonna actually you know i went for something i don't think we've ever even talked about on the show but i guarantee you it's in every humidor you've ever walked in so Perdomo lot 23 this is a very budget friendly cigar and i'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and say this is gonna be this week's cigar under eight dollars uh-huh this is the Maduro version here. I've got the Churchill, which or the, the Toro, which is about a 6 by 54 from them. It is um, made in Esteli, Nicaragua. It is a Nicaraguan Puro. Um, it is a broadleaf Maduro wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler. Um, basically, it's the same as all their Lot 23s. Uh, the only difference being that uh, broadleaf Maduro wrapper. It is... The type of Maduro that I really like, you know, when I first got into cigars, everyone talked about, you know, Maduro cigars as being heavier cigars, you know, the darker the leaf, the more bold the cigars. Well, with a true Maduro, that's not necessarily the case. Because of that age, you can get some mellowness and you can get some, uh, some more chocolatey type flavors. And that's what I find with this. You know, I feel like the, um, the wrapper you get on this, it, this cigar is that oily, rich, cocoa, chocolatey kind of flavor, and it's really, really good. You know, I'm weird about Perdomo. I know you are. I've never had a bad one. Yet you don't ever smoke them. I've never had a great one. Well, that's my... But that's one of the things that I love about them is the fact that they are always a five. Yeah, they're, everything they got's a five. Everything they make is a five. Um, I cannot think of any time I've had a Perdomo that just knocked my socks off. But you know what? I think in my book, that consistency is almost what makes it a six. Well, and there's time, you know, you don't always want a seven. Right. So you don't always want a six. Sometimes you just want a five that you know is going to be a five regardless. So there's, I, I can see the benefit of that. I can see a lot of the use in that. So I'm smoking... A former cigar under eight. Go from a future cigar under eight to a former cigar under eight. I'm smoking the diesel whiskey roll. Oh, you found it. Yeah. And uh, this is a, it's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over Mexican binder and Nicaraguan fillers. Sounds right up your alley. Made by A.J. Fernandez. So it's got that A.J. Fernandez spice. The tobacco is actually aged in rabbit hole bourbon barrels. And um, as we said on Cigar Under Eight, be cool if it's aged in an actual rabbit hole, but <laughs> rabbit hole bourbon barrels. Um, this is a good cigar. I've had it before. This isn't my first time smoking this cigar, which makes you so happy. It does. It's this, nice when I get to hoist you on your own petard. Yes. And I, well, as an exclusive cigar, something really nice, I'll save for the show. Something with a little rarity, like what I smoked last week. Uh huh. Which, by the way, a listener actually sent me a link to a site where I can buy um, 6x60 Schizos in the Maduro. $49 a bundle. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why haven't you shared that link with me? Oh, well, I just haven't sent it to you yet. I don't want to ruin your Christmas present. (laughs) But but I'm just thinking, 
that's probably the cheapest Muchador cigar yeah. that a man can possibly acquire. No, it sounds like it. I mean, that's, that's wild to me. But I'm really looking forward to smoking this cigar. I like it. This is always going to be, it's another five. Right. And it's always going to be a solid five. And it is a Fernandez, so you're always going to have a little interesting, but it's not going to dominate your palate for the night. I know with the way we're recording that I'm probably going to have another cigar afterwards because it's going to take me just as long to go home if I have a cigar and then drive or if I go set in traffic. Right. So it's kind of that first cigar. That's one of the considerations I took into account. So I have always found that cigars aged in bourbon barrels, I don't really like them because they become sort of sweet. And I feel like you get a lighter cigar, lighter bodied cigar when they do that. I don't know if it's they're using lighter bodied cigars so that more of that infusion kind of flavor takes over or if there's something about that process that just kind of reduces the impact of the tobacco flavor. Do you find that to be the case with this one? Is this that same kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Right off the bat, that sweet just hit me. Yeah. See, I hate that. That little bit of sweet, which don't bother me. I don't mind the little bit of sweet. Now, I always... (laughs) Sorry, everybody out there. The one time (laughs) you get up on the mic so far this episode and you have to do just a big old exhale. Yeah. Um, excuse me for breathing. <laughs> but I'm trying, but... I almost feel like when you do a gimmick cigar, oh, we're going to age these in bourbon barrels, or these are going to be aged in wine casts, or they're going to be rolled on the thighs of virgins. When you get into all those things, you tend to do a little less quality tobacco because you're selling that's the gimmick. How, that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I remember when the Dragon's Milk came out back in 2013 or whenever it was, 14. Um, it, and I was so excited to try that cigar. It was like an 18 or $20 cigar. Dragon's Milk was a beer that was aged in bourbon barrels or whiskey barrels. So the whiskey barrel became beer, and then the cigars were then aged in the barrels after they had gone through both of those processes. It was really interesting. I was a huge fan of Dragon's Milk, the beer at the time. Can't wait to try it. It was probably the worst cigar I've ever had. Not the worst, but I mean, in terms of execution versus expectations, it was atrocious. So, uh, you know, I, I just, that's one of those trends that I cannot get behind. Even when I was a huge raging drunk, still was one thing that I just, I could never enjoy the, the big infusion by the way, I got in trouble for calling you a drunk last week. So with the person that, that gave me flack and told me I shouldn't be so mean to Trey, he just admitted it, folks. Well, <laughs> I actually only chose that particular phrasing just then because it was what you used last week. So tell your wife she may still have a point. <laughs> she, she did make the request that I be less mean to you. <laughs> she also requested a promotion, being as we have an executive producer and she's just wife. She she kind of called that into question. Yeah, she's copy editor, maybe. She's copy, uh, contributing? Contributing, contributing editor? editor? Yeah. Something like that. We'll, we'll figure out a title. Don't worry. We'll, <laughs> we'll give her a name of some sort. It is That is a little unfair that she's been around the entire two years and, and two plus years and doesn't have a, a title yet. She has the title of wife. I mean... Th- wife of Shane. What more could any person aspire to in this world? Uh, bus station janitor? Ow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, folks, uh, during the Cigar Under 8, I'll be getting that knife out from between my shoulder blades. <laughs> but, okay. So, the cigar shop where dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Got to do something last night that's kind of been... I hate the term bucket list. I do too. Bucket list means you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of preparation. Now, I have a lot, a list of things that I want to do, but only if the opportunity presents itself. Well, especially to me, the whole idea behind the bucket list, and I know this is going to sound so cliche and so trite, but the people that save up all of their amazing life experiences until they're about to kick the bucket, which is kind of the whole, is how much... Don't go to Europe when you're 86 and need a wheelchair on cobblestone paths. Go when you're 23. You know, like, don't save up all of your expe- all of your life experiences that you want to have until you're, you know, 
staring down the mortal coil. Yeah, and you know, early in your life, you should definitely, I think we focus too much on possessions and not enough on experiences. Yeah, I think you mentioned that just about three weeks ago on the show, actually. You know, but it's, but it's so true. But, you know, I have a list of things that the opportunity presents itself I would like to do. You know, jump an open drawbridge. Yeah. You know, perhaps fight a grizzly bear buck naked with a switchblade in the middle of the night. If the opportunity presents itself... That'll be how you get to the end <laughs> of your bucket list. I might be better with a switchblade than you know. And the bear's going to be naked. What's he going <laughs> to bring to the table? But there's, a you know, a list of things. Last night, after the poker game... I got to achieve one of those things. Drive home a friend that had had too much to drink. Really? Yep. I never, and as someone who's never spent a lot of time drinking or around alcohol, that's not a, a standard deal for me. You would think at 43 years old I would have done it at least once in my life right. by now. But nope, last night it was the opportunity presented itself. I knew it was time when he was setting his beer on the table and leaning his face down there to it to drink it, oh, as yeah. opposed to picking it up and bringing it to that, his face. That is, that is a very, that's a sign that you're already too far, too, too far. Well, and the, when I walked up to the bartender and I said, oh, don't worry, I'm taking him home. It was, you know, because he was fixing to have to ad- explain to someone inebriated right. how Uber worked. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You know, and, and okay, before the days of Uber and Lyft and all these things, and we've never had a big cab company here in Nashville. Yeah, we've got several big cab companies here. Uh, if I needed a cab right now to take me from here to Spring Hill, I think it would be a big get. I think it'd be a hard get for me. Well, it'd be expensive, that's for sure. So I wonder how bartenders got these people home back in those days. Well, they expensive cab rides. Just sent them home on an expensive cab. Mm-hmm. But the, the bartender, but I've, it was worth mentioning the cigar stay, the cigar room here, Crown Cigars, where dreams come true <laughs> and all. It's, it's a simple thing, but I think a man should take time to appreciate the simple things in life. That is funny. Okay, so let's talk about some legislative news. All right, let's do it. Biggest thing that can't went on this week legislatively was Florida Representative Kathy Castor, Democrat from Florida, She introduced a bill in the House of Representatives that seeks to exempt premium cigars from FDA regulations. Can I just take a second before we get too far into the meat of this article and talk about why I hate politics? Well, I hate the government in general. This is just because they they, I feel like they purposefully make it so impossible to follow. Earlier today, she introduced H.R. 1854, which is not identical to S.9. However, uh, the previous House bill, H.R. 564, which is similar to H.R. 1854, it's like reading out a transcript from an episode of Battleship. I think they want us to think they're smarter than they are. I guess. I but, believe that's a huge portion of this. But I see, oh, and S, I missed S.7. So there was S.9, now there's S.7. I, I just, I mean, I, I get it. You've got thousands of bills being introduced, you know, every session, and, and you've got to keep them straight. But it's just, it's one of those things that just, you represent the people, Allow the people to understand. I shouldn't have to read an article three times to keep track of which one is which. You know, keep it in layman's terms. And now, are you blaming the politicians for having the bill numbers, or are you blaming the writers and the editors for not just doing their job and breaking it down where the average man can follow it? Yeah, I'm... I'm, No, I'm blaming... I mean, this is... No, this is a half-wheel article. I was going to say it's an aficionado article so I can do it, even though it was there as well. Um, no, I'm blaming the, the congressman on this one. Give them titles. Allow, allow us to keep track. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe well, I'm just making a mountain out of a mole here, here but that it's just so, so hard to keep track of everything. And I think it's also based because of the fact that they do it They've been pushing a new version of this bill through every 13 hours, it sound, it feels like. So why can't we just amend the one that we have? Why can't we just... This is the bill for the premium cigar exemption, and then and it's various iterations. You know, they changed this. They took this out. Like, why do we have to remember, oh, yeah, the... Well, there's probably some strategy involved in that 
okay, this bill doesn't suit everybody, but this bill might. I'm all for shooting at the FDA with as many bullets as we possibly have. That's true. And but, hoping one gets through. Yeah, and, and I understand that, you know, they even mentioned in the article down here that H.R. 1854 is not expected to pass. And why waste everybody's time? But they're, bills like this are used to explain the, the unique nature of premium cigars and the impact of FDA regulation. So by having the multiple bills come forward, it kind of creates its own tidal wave of support. So I guess I do get that. Well, so here's what... But why not just get off your rear ends and pass something? Oh, nothing can be easy. Right. You know, if it was easy, they, you know, they wouldn't do it. But her definition, the neat thing about H.R. 1854 is flavored tobacco is not included in the premium cigar exemption. There was no language about flavored at all, in fact. I actually, um, spent... H.R. 1854 goes a step further, specifying that cigars with flavor additives would not be protected as premium cigars. Where did I see? Oh, no, I'm looking at the aficionado article. Okay. They're, the the Senate, Oh, okay. The Senate bill, which is S.9, right. is, is the one that includes no language on flavored tobacco. However, the H.R. 1854, which is the new one, it, that does include the... Um, the, the flavor tobacco language, language about yeah well and she's defining a premium cigar any roll of tobacco that is wrapped 100% leaf tobacco bunched with 100% tobacco filler contains <laughs> no filter tip flavor additive or non-tobacco mouthpiece weighing at least 6 pounds per 1000 count see i like this I, I really do like this, and, and that's language we've seen in these bills before, but not in a while. And I, the reason I like it is because you talk about small cigars. You know, th there's always cigarettes and small cigars is one of those things that kind of we're not including that in this. Well, what's a small cigar? If, if you're used to smoking 6x60s or 7x70s or whatever, a Corona or even a Toro is going to look like a small cigar to you. We have to actually be able to quantify and identify what a small cigar means. I love doing by weight. Yeah, by weight seems like the fairest way to do it. Has 100% leaf tobacco binder hand-rolled or has a homogenized tobacco leaf binder and is made in the United States using human hands to lay 100% of the leaf tobacco onto only one machine that bunches, wraps, caps each individual cigar. See, I like that too. That That's really getting into the weeds. It is. That is showing someone that to me has kind of an understanding of how this industry works because you know some of your hand rolled cigars are actually made using a machine now all they do is create that bunching until the the person putting the wrapper leaf on it so it's not truly a machine made cigar and that's what this tends to address is we're not talking about machine made cigars where it's fully automated and they do everything we're talking about this, you know, we're, we're specifically mentioning this one machine still constitutes hand-rolled. Well, and, you, you know, you can get into the weeds on what is a machine. I'm holding up my cutter. Is that a machine? Mm -hmm. It's got gears. It's got, it's motion. Well, that one doesn't have gears, but it's got oh. a spring. It's got a spring. Okay. What about my lighter? Is that a machine? Yeah. So when you start getting into machines as part, you know, killing machine-made cigars. Okay, so if he rolls the entire cigar by hand and takes his giant tabletop cutter and whacks off the end, is he? Is it now a machine-made cigar? I mean, no. that you know, there's definitions there that get down into the weeds. No, I understand, but I don't think... Yeah, I think they're... I mean, they're using the term to mean mechanical means of, of creation. But I don't think they are using... I mean, you're using the the big lever thing to cut the cigar, but they're not, that's not in the process of making the cigar. Well, cutting all the, you know, unless you're smoking a shaggy, knife. they're cutting out, well, they use a Shaveda. Yeah. But there's also a part where they lay it up there and whack off the fuzzy end, and that is actually using a cutter. Yeah. They don't cut that with the Shaveda. I mean, it'd take a Shaveda ninja to do <laughs> oh, Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I just, I was thinking more in terms of that's doing... I guess it's mechanical, but maybe not a machine. Right. Okay. 
So on to something fun. Enough about legislation and politics. Let's just leave that topic by saying they're going in a good direction. All right. Speaking of things not going in a good direction, I know you're excited for this. Coming in at $12 per cigar and shipping this week, according to Half Wheel, one of the most talked about cigars of the year, it's headed to stores. Don't say it. Just some crawls. Uh, Nug. If you buy one of these, don't listen to us anymore. Okay, come on now. It's it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's ignorant. It's damaging to the business. There is, this is as bad as buying a Nat Sherman product. There is no good comes out of this for anybody. But do we really know that? So yes. Here, well, I'm <laughs> I'm going to challenge you on this. Did you see this article on Half Wheel? So it, right at the bottom, and and. Here's why I, say, I, I I don't like it. I think it's dumb. I want to go on the record as saying I agree with you on those points. And I do think it has the potential to be damaging to the industry, but I don't necessarily know that it will. As of... Um, a recently passed farm bill, uh, CBD is now legal. So CBD, for a while kind of fell in that gray area where it's not marijuana, it's hemp, so is, is it truly legal? Is it, is it a drug? Is it whatever? The language is clear now that CBD oil, or CBD, is legal. So, yeah, you may have some of that, you know, cross-contamination from being sold in vape shops or whatever it is, but I don't necessarily know that this is going... To, to be embroiled in so much controversy that it's going to have necessarily detrimental effects to the cigar industry. Now, I still think it has a potential to, and it probably will. But well, to, to go so far as to say if you sp- smoke one of these cigars, don't listen to us anymore, I think is a bit extreme. Okay, here's my thought. Do you lock your door when you leave every day? Mm-hmm. You could conceivably leave your door wide open and nobody ever break in and steal your dog or your couch. In that order? Well, yeah, they always steal the dog first because somebody's got to help them tote the couch. <laughs> but conceivably, you could leave your door open all the time and nobody would ever walk in. My grandparents lived their whole life without locking a door. Right. But you lock the door. You don't do reckless, careless... You're also talking to the person who's had his car broken into twice in less than a year. <laughs> <laughs> so True. I've seen firsthand that this is not the kind of world we can leave things unlocked in. Which makes my point. They're opening a door here that should have been left closed for no reason other than to try to make a quick penny. And I cannot imagine any possible reason to support this, because one thing no article has said is any benefit of smoking a CBD-infused cigar. Well, it's the same benefits of using CBD oil in general, which is basically, you know, the relaxation, the anti-inflammatory, the anxiety lowering, all those things that are all anecdotal and haven't ever been proven or studied. Again, it's a, you know, I, I, I agree, but there are people who praise, you know, CBD in all of its forms, well, but. Here's my deal. I don't self-medicate. I go to a doctor if I have an anxiety problem. I go to a doctor, and if he says, hey, put a little CDB, CBD oil on your cigar before you smoke it tonight, fine. Okay. But I do not think that we should just be willy-nilly selling these at random to whoever happens to have a buck eighty-eight. Well, it's $12, so it's probably more expensive than any medication that they would give you. But, I, you know... To the people that have a certain, you know, to play devil's advocate here, there are certain people that have um, conspiracy theorist tendencies when it comes to the pharmaceutical companies who make the drugs that your doctor is going to prescribe. And there may be some, you know, hands greasing palms and things like that going on behind the scenes, which is why a medical professional would never recommend this. And they, So there are people that claim that there's a reason that it, so I, I agree with you. I'm I'm on the on the premise of not self medicating. Go to someone who's licensed, trained, and and 
and certified to deal with whatever problem you're having. But at the same time, if people find that this helps and it's not, the, the jury's still out on whether or not it will actually have any, you know, long-term adverse effects. And I'm sure it will because everything does. You know, I'm sure it's not the wonder drug that everyone claims it is. But I, I just don't know that it's going to have the... Uh, now, I'd rather err on the side of caution, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to have any adverse well, effects to the cigar industry. If you look at the world as a whole, I take very little from the conspiracy theorists out there because they're just somebody who wants to be important bad enough that they want the world to be out to get them. So I, I immediately discount those. And all. The worst part of going to a gun show is standing in line waiting to get in. Oh, I bet. I just want to tell these guys, hey, if the government was that organized, we wouldn't have a national debt. So there's that part. The other part is, in the big picture, this cigar does more damage than good. And, all. and we can both agree upon that. I mean, you're defending a guilty client. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just offering an... an, an, uh, an Man, I can't speak today. I should have gotten coffee before the show. I'm just offering a dissenting opinion. Not necessarily one that I share, but just trying to play devil's advocate and show both sides. That's all. Well, let's go to break. Let's hit the cigar under eight. When we get back, I have a fun story, and we'll get off of all of this seriousness and rigmarole involving bad ideals being executed by our government as well as money-hungry profiteers. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Trey here with this week's Cigar Under 8. Just like I called at the beginning of the show, I want to talk about the Perdomo Lot 23. Now, I'm smoking the Maduro this week, but really, they're great across the line. The Lot 23 came out probably about 10 years ago, and they have just been a staple of the budget-friendly side of Perdomo's line, but they do everything that you expect a Perdomo cigar to, to be. It's consistent, the construction is well done, the blend is very cohesive. It's just an all-around good cigar. Well, and I will say this, Perdomo as a company is more accessible. They're almost like Drew Estate where you can, you know, you see all the time events with Nick Perdomo. Right. Their reps are very accessible. As a company, they are a very well-run cigar company. They really seem to have it together and know what they're doing from that angle. And for a company the size that they started at maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago uh, to have been elevated to the level of competing with the big guys that have multiple companies under their flagship, I think says a lot to how how important quality control and consistency is to the average cigar smoker, and these guys just get it right. Well, everyone, until next week, try the Perdomo Lot 23. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from Trey. Welcome back, everybody. I don't have a, a spiffy intro for you. You're, you're kind of down today. We've got to get your energy up, get I, you moving. I am so tired. I, I tell you what, I, I didn't get to bed until real late last night, and then two days ago, or no, yesterday morning, I had to be up at a quarter to three to take Noelle to the airport for a work trip that she's on. She, her flight was at or boarded at 440 or something like that. So my sleep's just way off, and I didn't have any afternoon coffee, and I had a heavy lunch, so I'm just sort of barely making it through. Okay, before we go through the show, and I realize that I forgot to mention this. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. I always talk about smoke on the water here in Nashville, Tennessee. Basically, we get on the General Jackson. It's a benefit for the Hope Clinic for Women, which is a great organization, does a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. You get on the General Jackson, you get a couple of cigars. This year, Drew Estate and Bellaterra are, are both doing the um, freebies. Okay, that'll be good. And, all. and usually there's a little something extra. I mean, like, almost yeah. all the time there's something extra on there. You get dinner. The wine is all provided by Woody's around here, all the wine you want to drink. It's a great, great event. And cruising down the Cumberland River in spring 
There's there's one goose on an old style riverboat smoking a cigar. It just doesn't get much better oh, yeah, than on that. On a paddle boat. Yeah. You know, an old style paddle boat. You're sitting up there, bring a jacket. When the sun goes down, it yeah, can it get a little cold, breezy. Yeah. But, you know, there's a goose out there that always builds these nests in the middle of the river on this huge bridge pedestal of a bridge that burnt down that's like 40 foot off the ground. I don't know how <laughs> these babies ever get out of that nest, but they're brave. And I'm maybe not very successfully. I never see babies <laughs> up there. But there's all these cool things you get to see going down there. And basically, we leave from Opryland. We go all the way down there, downtown, turn around. You get to see the whole downtown scenery. It's just a, it's a lot of fun. It, this, it is a very fun event. So this year, it'll be Sunday, May 5th. It'll be 5.15 to 9 p.m. And Trey's phone is going off. <laughs> just so everybody knows that's not mine. So it'll be 5.15 to 9 p.m. Um, the tickets are $150 a seat, which is very commensurate with what it would cost to go on the General Jackson if you weren't getting cigars. Right. It includes an amazing dinner. They always have brisket. They always have whatever those potatoes are they make that are so good. Yeah. I mean, just a absolute, it's a fun time. But again, it's May 5th. If anybody's planning a little cigar tourism this there's year. There's usually a silent auction as well, right? Yeah, there's usually, well, it's a loud oh, auction. Oh, it's, it's a live auction. That's right. <laughs> It's actually a live auction. There's a lot of stuff donated, different cigar paraphernalia. Really, you can pick up a really, if you're a, a vinophile, you can pick up a really good bottle of wine cheap. All kinds of interesting stuff go, goes on on this. So, again, Sunday, May 5th, if you're thinking about it, we'll mention it again a couple of times before it happens. Yeah, it'll be here before you know it, though. It's only about a month away. Oh, yeah. I, know. I mean, I go every year. I enjoy it thoroughly. I write it off on my business because I meet with some customers there. And, you know, it's just a great event. It's where it's one of those cool things you get to do as a cigar guy. So, coming back. History in the making. The first Dubai World Cup horse race was run. Okay. The horse won, and he is worth $4 million. Okay. Now, why do I say this? The horse's name is Cigar. <laughs> and, this, you know, this is a long-standing debate between Trey and myself. I, I suggest that this ends the debate. Pets should not have human names. Pets should have pet names. How does this end the debate? The most valuable wor- horse in the world is not named Ed. It's named Cigar. It's not named a human's name. Yeah, but you're talking about racehorses, which have... Iconically had ridiculous names for ever, so I don't think you can really draw a comparison between a house domesticated animal and a racehorse. Give me the name. Okay, aside from Benji, which I think is an overrated famous dog, Rin Tin Tin. Once again, good dog name. Not a great. Here's my son, Rin Tin Tin. Not a great human name. Okay. And I'll give me a human-named famous pet that really really showed out. Flipper, again, not a human name. I, you can't throw stuff like this <laughs> on me off the top of my head. I mean, Lassie? La- How many people have you ever known named Lassie? Not named Lassie, but called Lassie? Everyone in the Scottish Islands. Or everyone, you know, with internal genitalia. <laughs> That's weak, but I, coming right off the off the top of your head and being as I gave you no prep time for this so that I could assault you with it properly. But Cigar wins the inaugural Dubai World Cup. I just thought that was interesting from the sport and all America's best gaming.net and all. But I thought that was interesting. It's interesting to see that. But how much better is it to say, you know, you know Fido you know, made a mess in the living room or dadgummit, George crapped all over my floor again. Like, that's just a better story. Not really, because it could be Uncle George that's having some issues. <laughs> I mean, it, it actually kind of makes it a little creepier. <laughs> I, I, if, you, if you say Ace ate the neighbor's, you know, peacock, then you know it wasn't, you know, some uncle with a having a case of the munchies after having one of the Jack some crawls, CBD infused, whatever, whatever, whatever's. <laughs> but coming back to auctions, I just had to hit that very briefly. I didn't want to dwell on that too often, but it, over the, we need to keep a list over the course of our life of long-standing debates that you and I have running. 
I think that one's probably the longest. That one may be. And all human names for pets. No, no bueno. Uh, the only acceptable thing. <laughs> so let's talk about online auction puts rare Cubans under the hammer. Okay. Speaking of auctions from Smoke on the Water. And I'll, I'm going to give you the item, and I want you to give me the estimated auction price. And these are... Are we talking boxes or individuals here? I'll, gi- I'll give you the description because okay. there, there is a little There's difference. There's some variance there. The Ramon Ayones Hunter and Francal 225 Humidor contains 100 special Ramon Ayones. Now, these are Cubans, not the A.J. Fernandez Ramon Ayones. Cigars, along with a limited edition bottle of Havana Club Rum. Only 225 of these humidors were ever made. And what it's is... A, and it's a 225 count humidor as well? It, it is. Okay. And I'll, I could actually show you the picture of it without you having to. Very, um, very simple. Yeah. Yeah, very. Very simple, very elegant. I really like the way it kind of speaks to how Ramona Yones works which I've, I've bragged about them. I had one of those the other day. I bragged about them pretty religiously. What was the spirit that was in it? A bottle of limited edition Havana Club rum. Havana Club. So Cuban rum along with your cigars. What would you think? Only 225 of them ever made. It has a pre-sale estimate of... Dang. $14,500. That's a better guess than I would have made. My guess would have been probably three times too high. So it's a better guess, but is expected to fetch between seventy nine eighty to nine thousand three hundred and ten dollars. Okay, my my gut was saying twelve thousand, but I was I was kind of bumped it up just because I wasn't sure. I don't really know what the Ramoniones fan following is like. Well, you know, I'm the. It's one of those cigars. I found a couple. In a shop, and of course, the sh- it's the shop we've talked about before. It looks yeah. like a bomb went off in the humidor. But, but I that, found but them. That, al- that also wasn't the Cuban version either. Yeah, that was just the AJ Fernandez was, version. I was, I was giving a certain amount of price bump based on that as well. But like Cohibas are usually eye level in any cigar right. store you go in because they're Cohibas, even though they're general cigar Cohibas and not Cuban Cohibas. Right. Speaking of Cohibas, the Cohiba. Majestuosus Humidor. Hoping I pronounced that right. Up for grabs. Created in 2016 for the 50th anniversary of the Cohiba cigar brand. 1,966 humidors were ever constructed, and each cane contains 20 Cohiba Majestuosos 1966 cigars. How much would you pay? One box, 20 cigars. Only 1,966 of these humidors were ever put together. Okay, so a little less exclusive than the other one. Um, same, fewer cigars, though? You said just Much a box of Much fewer cigars, just 20. Okay, so... But now you are talking about a little harder name recognition here when True. you start talking yeah, about absolutely. Cohiba. And it's much prettier. Yeah. Um, you are hitting on a little bit bigger name recognition. What do you think it costs? I'm going to say... Uh, two, two, two. I'm going to go back to that 12,000 number. 12,000, the approximate price 6650 to 9310. Okay. So the name recognition makes up for the fact that there's uh, what uh, five times more uh, made and a fifth of the cigars. Right. And basically the same price. Now you want to talk about name recognition. Our final our final entrant in the rare Cuban auction. Money. A box of Davidoff. Oh. Don Perignon. Twenty five count from the early eighteen or nineteen eighties. Notable pre embargo cigar. And, all, and that's all they don't give a lot of information on and this. And it's one. just the box of cigars, no humidor with this. No one. humidor. Davidoff, Dom Perignon. So now you're hitting two pretty well-known names. True. And you're talking pre-embargo now at this point. So yeah. the, these cigars have 40 years of age on them. Right. No, so, a lot more than that. What would you pay? Well, I wouldn't pay anything. But the estimated 6000 
That one you got the closest of any of them, between 53.19 and 66.50. I can give you the win on that one. All right. You was definitely close to the retail price about going over. But I think that's interesting when a lot of these things come up. But here's my question. So you buy a $6,000 box, box of cigars. Do you hope it's good? Do you hope it's bad? Because, okay, say it's the best cigar you ever put in your mouth. You know you're never getting another one. True. But you know you've got 20 more. Right. But, well, you you know, of a box of 20, you're going to get to smoke about 15 because you're going to give four or five away to True. some, you know, some but, close friends. Okay, so let's think about this, though. If you're the kind of person who can afford to spend $6,000 on a box of cigars, if you smoke one of them a year, you're probably your box is probably going to outlive you. It's highly possible that 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 box of cigars could could last you the rest of your life. Yeah. Because I'm I'm guessing the person who purchases that box of cigars is probably closer to the grave than they are the nursery. They're they're probably a person that's experienced a great deal of success later in life, you know, that's purchasing those. And, you know, okay, now do you make a special day? Do you have okay... Sorry, I'm not doing nothing on Saturday. It's Cohiba Magistrosa's Day? Yeah. I th- I or think do you pair it with another day? Do you like, okay, I'm going to celebrate my birthday every year with one of these? Or I'm- uh, that's, I think this, you know, we haven't talked about Adam Kroll in a while, but it's a show that we both, podcast that we both used to listen to quite a bit. He used to talk about the Achievement Day. There's a diff- you know, everyone has a birthday. It's not special. Everyone was born. So rather than celebrating... A birthday, you should celebrate an achievement day. Some whatever you're most proud of, that's your birthday, so to speak. But it's better because it's something you accomplished. I think that's the kind of thing that you would celebrate with a cigar like that. I definitely like the idea of celebrating something with it, but I like the idea that if you're smoking a cigar that cost one twentieth of six thousand dollars, I'm not doing the math right now, um, then I think you owe it to yourself to you know, for it to celebrate whatever made you put you in the position to be able to afford $6,000. But now when you break, now if you break it down that way though, um, so one twentieth of six hundred of $6,000 is no, that's $300. Now $300 cigar is not out of the realm of possibilities that I could smoke one at some point in my life. True. And all that. But you have to buy the whole box. Right. They won't just sell you one. Right. But I have to buy two because I don't want to enjoy that kind of cigar alone. Right. You know, you, and you have to choose your companion. You know, this, is, this goes and, back. And you can't buy two because you, if you like it, you want to at least have one that you're sitting on for whatever that magical day is. Now, this, this brings up our cigar smoker so of the year. $900. Sure. <laughs> so we're up to our cigar smoker of the year conversation here as we continue to flesh this out. One day we'll bring this to a head, but as we continue to flesh this out, how do you, if you were going to smoke a pair of $300 cigars that you know in all, all likelihood you'll never get a hold of in your life, how do you choose a suitable companion with which to smoke that cigar? Hmm. What are what are the the prerequisites? How do you, what process do you go through? You know, NCAA bracket style to eliminate guys down to who's going to enjoy that cigar with you. I think it has to be someone who's going to appreciate it, and and understand what it. I mean, because you know we all have our cigar buddies, the people that we enjoy smoking cigars with, and then we have that friend. You know that you that maybe you smoke with a little more frequently or maybe that's just a little more on the same wavelength. I think that guy gets a bump up in the bracket. You know, I, I think it's tough, though. It's, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I mean, you and I do a podcast together. We would obviously fire them up on the podcast and smoke them to, for all right. of our listeners' enjoyment. So we kind of get a pass in this category. This really helps us out. But when you start talking about choosing the person, you know, I had a friend come over the other day. And he was coming over. We were going to drink a little whiskey. We were going to talk a little life. He struggled, has some ups and downs and everything like that. And he's just coming over to, 
to relax and enjoy himself. And it was nice to have that 14-year-old box of Sopranos. Yeah. To whip two out and share those with him. And he's a man that appreciates cigars. He's a man that smoked the original Sopranos cigar. Yeah. You know, and it always feels good when you know it's being appreciated when he takes a picture of the cigar prior to lighting it. Mm. Now, he didn't take a picture and put it on Facebook. He took a picture for his own recollection. Right. Of smoking that cigar. So I kind of like that feel at all, but it's it's tough. But that is, you know, I guess the Cigar Smoker of the Year has to be the person you would want to share a $300 cigar with. Or is, or is the Cigar Smoker of the Year the person that would be willing to smoke that cigar with you? I mean... I would I would feel a little hinky somebody handing me a three hundred dollar cigar to smoke. Yeah, that would be especially. Oh man, can you imagine? Hey, they build you up. I got three hundred dollar cigar all day, all day. That you get there and they like hand you a Gurkha. Yeah, but at the same, which there is, I think, a three hundred dollar Gurkha. Yeah, you know, I think. Yeah, I think that's that one's kind of tricky. But I think to to know that there would be someone out there that would get a three hundred dollar cigar and say you're the person I want to enjoy this with. I think that, you know, from a cigar smoker, I think that says more about the person's generosity and their, their spirit than it does about you. Well, you know, and there's a lot of people, I thought this sounds weird. I would be very good at being wealthy. I know a lot of wealthy people that are just wasting their life away. (laughs) I know people that have so much more money than they could ever spend that don't do anything, that just sit around, that don't, you know, they don't go buy a Ferrari. They don't go on a, a cruise of Europe. They don't go hunt a bear in Alaska, buck naked of a switchblade. They don't do any of the exciting things that having that kind of means would allow you to do. I think I would be a good rich guy. I don't think that would be a big concern in my life. I hear you. Have you ever stopped and wondered whether or not you would be good at being rich? Well, with the Powerball at $776 million or whatever it is these days, yeah, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. I I think I would be good at it. I think I would, too. So, to wrap it up, we'll talk about one last article. Oliva Cigar Company. I'm glad you brought this up. This was on my list, too. Oh, excellent. Would you like to lead it? By all means. Yeah. The So I'm going to just start it with the slug line here. The Nicaraguan producer will soon have the capacity to make nearly 30 million cigars a year. I can't even wrap my head around that number. And that's about a 40% increase. They're currently making about 22 million cigars. So if you take 30 million cigars a day or a year. Yeah. You divide that by 50 weeks. Well, it's about 25,000 cigars a day. Produce 25,000 cigars a day. Yeah. Will that, the that, mo- is, that is 1,000 boxes. Actually, it's a little more than 1,000 boxes, depending, you know. That's a lot of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, and Oliva's good. Oliva, Oliva sells I'm well. I'm a huge fan. Oliva, but Oliva kind of falls in a Perdomo for me. They're kind of that. I've always, I've had a lot of good ones, never had a great one, but right. I've never had a bad one. The, except that I would say the Siri V Milano and the Master Blend. Those are sixes to me. Those are great. The Siri V Milano I really enjoy, especially the limited edition that came out with this year that was the 6x60 six as opposed to the Torpedo. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed that cigar a lot as well. So I can kind of see that, but that's, that's putting, especially with FDA regulations looming, that's putting a lot of eggs in a basket. Well, except that I don't know that it is because they've been around so long. All of their lines, with the exception maybe of that Milanio, are going to be in under the arbitrary 2007 deadline or whatever. So it's just quantity. I mean, it's not that they're innovating and changing. I mean, they're just producing more of the same stuff that keeps them at the top of the charts year after year after year. And I think they had... Wasn't it 2014 where the Milanio was Cigar of the Year? I believe it was. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, one of the things I do like is that they the new factory is going to be right next door <laughs> to the existing factory. So I like that they're not expanding. They're just going, hey, that building over there, that's ours now. <laughs> well, and it is cool. The aficionado article actually has a very... Very interesting picture of the rollers all sitting together at their desks, rolling the cigars, and 
they all have their Chevetas out there. I think I've set a record on this podcast for saying the word Cheveta, haven't I? Yeah, I think so. But I'm trying to say end all less. So <laughs> I, w- I was critiqued for that the other day, and I'm working on that. But that's one of those phrases in my head. But coming back to the article, Oliva does not make – do they make any – full, full-bodied cigars. I've never had a Leva that I would consider anything over a medium. I would say the Siri V, not the Milano, but just the Siri V. I would call that a medium full. I would, I would even go so far as to call the, uh, the O a medium plus or maybe a medium full, the O I'll, Maduro. I'll have to revisit. I'll have to revisit Olivia's cigars, Oliva's cigars, and see if I come up with anything that kind of falls in that ranking. And I apologize, I misspoke. It's the new factory, the uh, Tabalisa 2, that has the capacity to make 25,000 cigars a day. Just the second one. It's a lot of tobacco. That is a lot of cigars. And I'll, but, well, let's wrap it up for this evening. Let's go on and finish our cigars and enjoy this beautiful weather. And I was going to record outside on the way up here, I but thought. But there were no but, tables. Yeah, everything's booked solid. We'd had to do it on the tailgate of my truck. But... Thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Trey, give me your, your judgment this, on the Perdoma. It's a five. It's just it's consistent, and it's good. It's not a great cigar, but at $7.25 for a Toro, it's not meant to be a great cigar. It is meant to be a very good cigar for the dollar, and I think it achieves that. In life, there's something to be said for being exactly as advertised, and I feel like the Diesel Whiskey Row is exactly as advertised. You can tell it's aged in a bourbon barrel. It has those little hints. You know it's an A.J. Fernandez, so you've got an idea of what to expect. It's a solid five. It's not, you know, it's a good workhorse cigar. There's nothing wrong with it. The price point is excellent. Now, if the price point was $12, I might have, it might fall in the ratings. Yeah. But at the price point of that $8 range, I think the Diesel Whiskey Rose is definitely a good cigar worth smoking again. Excellent. Well, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? Uh, you beat me to it. So, in, But until next week, you can always get a hold of us via email at info at thecigarcast.com, uh, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.